Hi, it's Dune here, your host and hype girl. And before we dive into today's episode, I want you to take a hot second to reflect. What's that passion, unique experience, or knowledge you have itching to be shared with the world? For me, it's always been about guiding you and cheerleading incredible women to start your businesses. So what's your thing? You see, everyone's got something they excel at, something they just can't stop talking about. And it turns out that one of the best ways to monetize those passions is through sharing that thing with the world as a digital course product. My life's work has been to chat with more than 600, 7, 8, and 9-figure e-commerce founders. And it's through those conversations that have led me to creating a foolproof playbook and my go-to guide for early-stage founders in the form of my first-ever digital program, e-commerce fundamentals. But it wouldn't have been possible without Thinkific. The beauty of this platform lies in its simplicity. Cute templates and a super easy to use editor. No coding headaches, no tech-induced stress, just pure focus on what matters most, the content. So if you've ever been curious about building a course to teach your passion, this is the way to do it. The genuine support from the Thinkific team turns it from this lonely, confusing headache into the most fulfilling and easy project. Go to the link in my show notes to get a free trial on me. This is Tanya and Gail for Female Startup Club. Did you know that female-founded companies make up 6.8% of funded startups and receive less than 3% of global venture capital funding? Let that sink in for a second. Joining me today on the show is Tanya Rolf and Gail Wong from Her Capital, a venture capital firm for women. Her Capital focuses on the strength, drive, and potential of female entrepreneurs across Southeast Asia and invests from pre-seed stage through to Series B. Both women have a track record of building incredible startups and have worked with hundreds of visionary female-led businesses. Today, we're talking through what it means to receive VC funding and what needs to change in the future of this industry. And before we jump in, I've got a quick favor to ask you. If you're loving these episodes, please leave us a review and a rating to help other ears find us in the app. And a big thanks to everyone who's left me a review so far. I'm so grateful to each and every one of you who are sliding into my DMs, sharing on social media, and leaving a review on the podcast. This is Tanya and Gail for Female Startup Club. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So you both have really impressive LinkedIn profiles. Can you share a little bit about what you were doing before you started Her Capital and what led you to starting the business together? Go for it, Gail. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm Gail and I grew up in Singapore and I spent um, my first career in Wall Street across three continents um, in investment banking. So that was where I started to wonder where all the women were. You know, I'd grown up in this meritocratic society and you kind of are brought up to expect that um, the world's your oyster, right? And you can do anything. And then I noticed that, well, I was often the only woman in the room. Um, And I think that shaped everything I've done since. Um, My second career as a coach is supporting women in business and helping them be their highest self and uh, to lead in their own expression. And it brought me back to this whole corporate finance journey because I think fundamentally without money, without funding, a company can only go so far. Um, And also without sort of supportive investors and partners. Um, And I really saw how uh, female founders were at a disadvantage or had to fight against additional barriers. And I thought like this cannot be the case in the 21st century. So um, that's kind of led me to really focus on funding for females and navigating that journey. Amazing. And Tanya, do you want to share a little bit about what you were doing before? Yeah, sure. Um, so my background was in uh, law firms in 
the UK and Australia. And um, but most recently, since I've been living in Singapore, which has been three years now, um, I launched a ladies investment club, which was an investment team of self-funded female investors investing in female entrepreneurs. And Gail and I worked on that together and grew the team. And um, and that's really where her capital um, came because we reached a point where we had close to 40 female investors and we wanted to be able to uh, make more significant investments, follow through the various funding rounds a bit more and um, and just reach more entrepreneurs. So that's where the idea of Her Capital came from. Amazing. I read a crazy statistic on your website that said female founded companies make up 6.8% of funded startups and receive less than 3% of global venture capital funding which is yeah. just quite shocking, really. Yeah, <laughs> very, very true. And in the UK alone, I think last year they received one penny for every one pound um, of venture funding last year. Yeah, that's, yeah. Oh, wow. You've both invested in a lot of startups already. What does the ideal startup look like to you both? Well, I think there's um, a few pieces to that. There's obviously the financial piece, um, so it needs to be an interesting investment financially in terms of the industry they're in and the upside that, uh, uh it has potential to reach. Um, but I also think that it's important to invest in a company that has, um, the right people. So that's not only just skills, but coachability or the openness to, um, pivot or to make the necessary changes um, that, you know, you may not see from day one, right? And the people is everything in terms of being able to attain and implement those grand plans. Um, so that's, the, that's, that's an important piece. And the third, I think, increasingly for me personally, um, it's not just sort of an investment to make a ton of money, but it's the business being run quote unquote, right. So, um, having become a mom and dealt with the firsthand, you know, with what it takes to run a happy family and have a, a satisfying career and to contribute outside the home, I think it's about work practices and uh, the values in the business that dictate, you know, anything from how what their policy is uh, for working moms to environmental impact and sustainability and um, what kind of uh, habits are they inculcating in their users? Um, it's sort of uh, having that lens of, um, I don't know, I suppose consciousness um, that is increasingly important to me personally. I've spoken to a few um, founders recently who also have children and They've said, you know, once their children was born, they realized that they had a calling to make the world a better place for their kids. And I think that's such a special thing and such a nice thing for, for the world to be getting more, more products and more things in the world based on that calling. Yeah. And furthermore, for Gail and I, we both have daughters as well. Um, and, you know, my, my intention as a, as a mom is I'm raising both my children with equal opportunities. And I want a world where 
she has, you know, she has the opportunities that her brother has. Yeah. So that's a, another important point, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And so with her capital, how do people find you or how do you find businesses that you're interested in investing in? What's the process? So her capital is, is, is right at the very beginning of, of its, um, we're in our infancy. Um, so um, f- to date, our, um, our deal flow um, has come to us organically and we've been incredibly lucky. And part of that is because we're based in Singapore in Southeast Asia. And um, unlike in Europe and the US, there are very few um, female focused venture capital funds. Um, In fact, you know, most funds operate on very similar um, structures, which we, Gail and I, have views on. And um, we, we want to do things differently. And I think that in itself and the fact that we are two females and we have a track record of supporting female founders, it actually it actually puts us in a um, a good position marketing-wise and attractive to to female founders that wouldn't perhaps otherwise go for, for funding. So organic um, has been most of our um, deal flow, uh, uh, word of mouth and our events. Um, and we've just recently launched our marketing campaign for Her Capital. Um, as I say, we are, we are at the very beginning of our own journey. Um, so we're we're supporting female founders in in their startups whilst also starting our own startup. So it's a, it's an interesting place to be. Yeah. Wow. Ready to pop the question. The jewelers at blue Nile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Do you want to talk a little bit about the direction for Her Capital? Is it to invest in seed rounds or is it more focused towards Series A or Series B? What's the ideal sweet spot for Her Capital? Well, we want to ideally come in as a partner early in the journey. Um, that would probably be at the seed round um, and possibly Series A. And um, we hope to see the companies grow into their next phase and um, get to another um, one or more rounds of funding. And we look to participate um, alongside as well as bring in, you know, bigger investors, strategic investors who can be relevant to the more mature stages of the company. So that's the idea. Yeah. And when you're investing, for example, into a seed round, how much money would you typically put in for a seed round and at what valuation? Just as a, a roundabout for anyone listening who, who doesn't know this information, Mm. Well, it's uh, these are interesting times, right? Um, and I think the industry as a whole is expecting adjustments in valuation after what has been quite a hot, uh, a hot season. So valuations can be quite a broad range, and also by geography, it can vary quite a lot. A series, a seed in the U.S. Um, would be a few times of what a seed round could look like in Asia just because of the, the cost of doing business and, you know, the market dynamics. So it's, it's a really hard thing to put a finger on. Um, I'd say we have seen seed rounds um, between one to um, mid single digits valuation. And the, the, the raise could be anywhere between 20 to 40 or 50% of, of that valuation. Um, and, and we do see seeds of varying stages too. Some are, some are just an idea and they, they are asking for a million dollars valuation and some actually have a product market fit um, with early customers. So you have to triangulate um, for all these things rather than just a number or just a revenue figure uh, alone. Yeah. And when you're doing your due diligence and you've kind of started the process, you're interested, you want to invest in this company, what's the process next and how long does it take until you send a term sheet and, you know, deliver the funds? How long is the whole, is the whole process? <laughs> um, well, I think a lot of that has, so to date, our investments um, have really varied depending on the circumstances. But um, I think we've done, 
we've actually done some very quick deals in the past. And we've also had deals that have taken probably up to six months. So in my experience, there's very little uh, consistency in the length of time. Would you agree with that, Gail? Yeah, it's, um, there's no, I don't think there's a standard playbook, but yeah, it would probably, I would probably expect three months at the minimum. And some people fundraise ongoingly. In fact, that's more of the reality. Um, and, and even if you've completed a round, you're thinking about the next one, you know, um, and your uh, a founder should always be expect to be in conversation with prospective investors, um, even just to keep them updated. Um, so I would say it's not like a black and white phase, just more on than off um, at certain points. Yeah. As a female founded business, how would you determine whether you want to go in the direction of VC in general? How would you decide if that's the direction for you? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, when we do, we have, you know, seen lifestyle businesses or kind of business that really aren't, um, don't have plans to grow aggressively. Um, so even in VC, there are probably investors of different appetites and um, working styles. So I think it's also important to look at prospective partners rather than just try and approach all of them or, or appeal to all of them. I think it is quite a significant dilution to take on an investor. So that pie needs to be big enough for everyone to win. Um, and you'd probably want to, I, I always advocate for self-funding as far as you can. And if you can get a business to profit or to be able to self-invest, that's always worth thinking. You know, there's a lot of vanity metrics about, oh, I've raised so much money. And so that validates my business. But I've seen also a lot of great businesses, many run by women, actually, um, who get it to a point where it can sustain further growth and uh, they take investment later. Right. Which I, I think is smart as a business owner. And you know, when you're saying like, you need to make sure the pie is, is big enough, how, how much equity do the founding team or how much should they be retaining into a series A or B? Because I'm often wondering when I, when I watch shows and that kind of thing, and I'm sure other people like, you know, Shark Tank and, and um, Dragon's Den, when you watch things like that on TV, what you're meant to be giving away. Because I guess when you're just getting started, you don't really know, right? You don't really know how much equity you should give away to someone. So how much should you be keeping yeah. and, then, and then retaining throughout if you're going to keep raising? My answer to that would be around um, retaining 80% uh, equity around a Series A. Um, but I'm not sure if Gail and I have actually discussed this and concluded the same figures. What do you think, Gail? Well, it's, uh, it's a range. In reality, too, I've seen um, levels that are far lower than 80%. And women may be more willing to collaborate and bring on other owners uh, because they see the bigger picture. Um, but I think for it to be interesting in the long run and to motivate 
founders, um, I'd say somewhere in the uh, 50 to 75 range is probably a good one to aim for pre-series A because it's going to come down. So Yeah, because it'll dilute after yeah. each each round that you move yes. further on. Yes. Yeah. And when people are coming to you, like, for example, if I was like, yeah, I want to raise VC, um, I've got this really great idea, I know that you guys have a fund, what do I need to do? What needs to be in my pitch deck? What do you want to see from someone like me? I'm trying to think what we can say that's not sort of something you can easily find on the internet, right? I think the basics need to be addressed. So what's the problem? Why are you the one to solve it? Um, I do think, I think we also tend to look beyond the pitch. Um, The pitch is just sort of the knock on the door and everyone's pitch is well-polished and looks great. <laughs> um, it's, that's what, that's what a pitch deck is meant to do. Uh, so I think it's also about, I think referrals are really important, that human connection and um, being, having someone who can vouch for you or who has worked with you. Um, that tends to be quite the calling card. And I think with women network, uh, that's especially valuable. So is that like, oh, I have a mentor, like connecting, is that what you mean? Could be a mentor or an advisor to the business or even someone maybe, you know, who has worked with you in a past career and can really, who who really knows your quality of work or your attributes. Um, It's a struggle because I think that's partly what's kept VC so kind of one dimensional because it's a network of the same people funding the same people. Um, but I think it does make a difference to be introduced to a founder by someone who has known them in some capacity. There are a number of VCs that have, uh, not many, but there are more forward-thinking VCs that are stepping away from that pitch. And I don't just mean the pitch deck, um, because I think that's probably a given that that needs to be produced. But as Gail said, I think that forms only a very small part of whether you're going to give um, an entrepreneur time um, with you over a coffee to, to, to take things slightly further. Right. And it's something Gail and I have discussed on many occasions. Um, and also the fact, uh, and Gail alluded to it, that you know, in the US, I think 65% of all venture firms do not have a female partner amongst them. And then um, research suggests that people invest in people that remind them uh, that remind them of themselves, maybe a younger version of. So it's it, it should be no surprise then that, you know, males are, are pitching and they're probably um receiving the funding because they're, you know, uh, let's say a, a white male. Um, and um, and so for us, uh, we've been talking and thinking about how we do things differently. And, and that, you know, and that pitch process it probably forms part of how we may do things differently with her capital. Yeah, right. It's really interesting to think about investors look to invest in people that they see themselves in. Um, and so I guess mm. then you should also be thinking about researching really 
the specific people who are part of the VC fund that can invest in you that you have similarities with? As an entrepreneur, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And that goes back to the point where I feel like our, our deal flow is, um, you know, not to be complacent, but it, it, it is is largely organic because um, I think as a female entrepreneur, you do want to have, you want to share share your business with people that are like-minded. Um, and some of those differences are quite stark. If you're a 28-year-old female walking into a, a room of 50-something white men, um, so I, I can, you can understand why you know, we, we we do actually receive a lot of um, attention from female entrepreneurs because they actually want someone that um, they have an affinity with. Yeah. Yeah, someone that really truly understands them and, and understands the problem the same way that they see it. Yeah, potentially, yes, yeah. Does Her Capital have specific industries that you're looking at for businesses or is it kind of across the board at the moment? We are sector agnostic for sure, but products and services that have technology behind them um, for scalability purposes are obviously much more desirable to us, um, but we are looking right across the industry sectors. And what are the kinds of industries at the moment that you're seeing potential in or that you're kind of seeking out female-founded businesses? So I think we're actually in a very good position, um, even even in spite of um, what's happening globally with the pandemic right now, because we're able to, because as I mentioned, we're obviously at the beginning of our own journey. And this pandemic has given us um, fresh eyes, I think, um, into looking at businesses that are doing well in this in this market and although this is a an unusual market it is a market that you know we have to make sure that our portfolio companies are able to you know to to um to survive this type of period and not all businesses are surviving right now and so it's given us the an opportunity to really think probably quite differently to how we've thought about things say six months ago um as to the types of businesses, um, you know, particularly environmentally. Um, and, and as I mentioned, the technology, you know, it, it, technology businesses right now are, are still soldiering on pretty well. Um, I think it's highlighted to us some, some sectors that are probably not for us to focus on right now. Um, but I still wouldn't say that it's really shone a light on any one sector and that we're kind of pinning all of our hopes onto that. Just to add on to that, I think that it's definitely underlying the importance of a digital strategy um, in any business. And even if it were services or, you know, like healthcare, um, telemedicine and things like that. So there's definitely some new pockets to be explored. And then if they were non-tech businesses, then we cannot ignore as we might have in the past. Uh, or overlooked in the past, the importance of a digital strategy. Uh, obviously, SaaS and B2B um, type of businesses are increasingly attractive in this market, but I think they've always had some interesting characteristics pre-COVID. Yeah, I imagine um, productivity and 
management tools at the moment are soaring. Mm. <laughs> um, do you have any resources that you can recommend for women online who want to learn more about the process and the world of VC, sort of some go-to staple websites for information about the VC world? Well, I think the U.S. has um, a lot of established groups, uh, especially the angel groups that then help people position for the next level, right? So some of the nice, um, next wave is one of the pioneers in the space and they have a lot of educational um, content. It's more geared to investors, but I think it's worth a look for an entrepreneur to understand the mindset. And also the information is the same, right? In terms of the stage and the rounds and valuation. And also don't forget our own website. We're very happy to um, to engage, have coffees when we're able, have a chat on the phone um, and, and talk to female entrepreneurs that are wanting to find out more about VC. Not necessarily because they want to um, they want us to invest in them, but just if, if there's um, if there's more information wanted, we're happy to be part of that. Amazing. I'm going to pop that all in the show notes for everyone to to be able to move into. Um, I wanted to ask you, what advice do you have for women who are looking to raise venture capital? What's your number one words of wisdom for both of you? It's like picking a life partner. (laughs) (laughs) So you've got to know what you want and don't back down from that and and, um, don't settle for kind of the inferior version of it too <laughs> in a sound bite. That's what I would say. Yeah. And trust your instincts when you're, you know, as part of the due diligence process, it's, um, it's a two way street. And so I think it's making sure, yeah, which feeds into Gail's point, which is making sure it's the right person. It's, it's not just, there's plenty of capital out there. It's just finding it. So having that positive mindset of not thinking that every time you walk into a VC room, if the answer is no, that doesn't mean that your business or your idea is, is not good enough. Um, it's just the wrong person, the wrong, the wrong fund. There will be a right fund out there. And it's maintaining that positivity um, and taking that forward and learning from each of those pitches or discussions, however you've done it, and taking that forward into the next um, round because there's so many no's. Um, and it takes a really strong founder to, you know, keep pounding that pavement. Yeah. Being okay with rejection and learning how to sit with rejection. Yeah. And, and I, I really, I'm a personal believer in mind mindset and, um, you know, walking into a room and being told, no, it's, it's tough. Um, it's tough for, for anyone. Um, but it's remembering throughout all of that, that, it's a no here, but it's not a no everywhere. And that's really hard to keep in your mind and, and bring that to the fore every time. Um, but it's true that the money is out there the, the, and the right people are out there to partner with. Um, it's just hard to find them, which goes back to Gail's point again about finding a life partner. You know, that's hard too. Um, and, and they are out there, but it, it's hard. But you have to maintain that positive mindset because I think that really does carry you through on that journey because it isn't easy. And, you know, it's particularly hard for female founders, as we all know. You've got to book in a lot of dates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's dating. Exactly. Kiss a lot of frogs. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you apply, apply the same rules. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, absolutely. And I must say, like in the personal life, it's easy, it's easier to divorce in personal life than under business. So it's not just about getting the money, but it, it is a long-term relationship and, and a difficult investor can really make life miserable. So it's as much as the kind of that positive um, chemistry and what you can do together as it is about um, making sure you can navigate the bumps. Yeah, absolutely. So I usually ask six quick questions at the end of every episode. And because I've got two of you on the podcast, I was thinking that I would ask Gail first and then we'll do Tanya secondly. Okay. Second is what I mean. (laughs) Okay. So number one is what's your why? My daughter and her generation. Okay. Number two, what's the number one marketing strategy that made your business pop? And I guess this is a little less relevant to you guys because you've only just gotten started. Mm. Um, but maybe there's one success that you can share from, um, that's made your business pop since starting. Yeah. I would say relationship driven, which is quite a interesting paradigm in an in investing world. And that's true. I found in sort of how I've transitioned from my coaching work to, investing full time. The relationship is what sets the context for the investment. And it's what makes, you know, the portfolio work we would do together um, effective. It's what helps me figure out if this is a founder we could work with long term. And does she have what it takes to go through the bumps? So that relationship driven also means kind of how we would relate to a founder, um, the types of events we would speak at, the topics we would talk about, just creating spaces where we can relate human to human. Number three is where do you hang out to get smarter? Mm, The boring places like HBR and McKinsey uh, reports, you know, my inbox is always full with these things. I read them sometimes, Uh, but I think it's always being on the lookout for kind of a fresh take on, on things. There's so much content out there. So you, you kind of have to be open to new perspectives or new sources. Yeah. And getting recommendations (laughs) from other people. For sure. Which is what I do. (laughs) I basically go away and Google all of these all of these amazing resources that I hear afterwards and sign up. <laughs> yeah. So good. Uh, number four is how do you win the day? And that's around your AM and your PM rituals that make you happy, feel successful, feel productive. Um, for sure, journaling in the morning. Um, I think if we can't sort our brains out, it's really hard to be our best. So I take the time to do that, whether it's yoga or journaling or just sitting quietly. And um, PM is not always consistent because sometimes you just want to have some ice cream and watch Netflix. But, um, <laughs> but what, what is good is really to bookend the day and, and look back and celebrate wins, right? If getting out of bed was a win on that particular day, then that's it. Um, the, no, sort of in a no pressure kind of way. Um, because I think we all need to acknowledge ourselves, especially if we're doing something that's hard. 
And that gives us kind of that juice to keep going. Yeah, I agree. I should do more reflection. (laughs) Um, Number five is if you only had $1,000 left in your business bank account, where would you spend it? And that's kind of to show where you're, you know, what's most important for you to allocate resources to. Mm, I think we're quite a lean uh, business. I mean, we're not, you know, a brick and mortar type business. So I would really, if I had very limited resource, I would put it towards um, exposure and building relationships because ultimately it's being trusted to manage someone's money and to direct it um, to the best of our ability. So yeah, we are doing something interesting with social media that is unusual in the VC world. Um, and I would also put it to other, yeah, I'd explore creative ways on how we could reach investors and connect meaningfully with them. Yeah. And number six is how do you deal with failure? And it can be either your mindset or just your, um, a personal experience. Well, that goes to my why. And I always think to my daughter's first step. Um, And there's a saying that when kids fall, they don't sit there and cry. Well, sometimes, but most of the time they just get up and try doing it again and again until they get it. They have not learned kind of internalizing failure. Um, And I think as as adults, we do that a lot. And it's not very productive. So um, I try to think back to a child, a toddler finding their feet. And fast forward to, you know, watching her sprint on the football field. Just that juxtaposition and Mm. it could be around the corner that that leap, you know. Yeah, it's a really nice analogy. And I think you know, we're all just doing that, right? That's life. Just finding, finding your, your steps and going one foot at a time in front of the other and picking yourself back up to keep going. All righty. So Tanya, I'm going to ask you the six questions. Number one is what's your why? My why is that I felt that I didn't have the same opportunities um, throughout my career so far. And much like Gail, I want those those same opportunities for my daughter. Um, and I've got about 15 years until she's out in the um, big wide world. So um, I've got a timetable. Yeah, that's a really nice answer. Number two is what's the number one marketing strategy that made your business pop? I think one of the the shortcomings we've we believe is um, is the case for traditional venture capital firms funds is that they are quite often faceless um, and we we want to be to to be different and and by that we want to be approachable and we want to be um, people and um, have the human element to it and so part of that is making ourselves um, putting ourselves out there as individuals um, doing things like this things like videos on um, our LinkedIn page um, and Twitter feed um, and just trying to make it relatable to people I think that probably is what sets us apart yeah I really enjoyed your LinkedIn video that you posted the other day Um, and I look forward to seeing more of those I think that's really clever thank you 
Number three is where do you hang out to get smarter? I cycle a lot and I've recently in the last six to nine months switched from music to podcasts, which is funny because we're on a podcast. <laughs> I listen to a lot of podcasts every day as I cycle. Um, so that that's for me. And, and at the moment, I'm really enjoying the New York Times podcast. Oh, yeah. I've been listening a lot to um, The Daily by The New York Times. Yes, that's the one I'm talking about. That, oh, yeah. That's the one. Isn't it great? I just find yeah. it's so easy to digest what they're talking about and easy to understand. It's it's wonderful. It's on such a mixture of topics and it really just covers all the basis in a very like 30 minutes synopsis. And it's, it's I just, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it is really great. Um, number four is how do you win the day? I'm very driven by, um, I need, I need direction and I, I need to give myself direction or someone needs to give me direction. Usually it's myself. So I, I'm a list person. So I start my day, um, before my children wake up and I write my list in my phone of what I need to do that day. And then at the end of the day, I go back to that list and, and it's a real achievement for me. And I almost don't go to bed until that list is ticked off. So that that's probably feels like oh, a wow. win. Yeah, I don't <laughs> but I, I, and I know, and I know myself. You're like, listen, it's 10 PM, but I'm going to have to backtrack and get that done. Well, last night I got my laptop out at 10 15. So what was that Tuesday night? I was watching Netflix. I got my laptop out because I remembered that I had something to do on my list and I got my LinkedIn out and I did what I needed to do. And it took me about 45 minutes and so much longer than I thought, but I knew that I would not be happy until I'd done that. And I was kind of cool with doing that and then I felt good and I was like okay that day's done tick I've done well today so that's how I win yeah a real sense of accomplishment yes exactly exactly going to sleep very happy (laughs) uh number five is if you only had one thousand dollars left in your business bank account where would you spend it the only answer is I wouldn't um I wouldn't spend it um I would have, I would come up with new strategies for, um, building that $1,000 up, which as a, as a fund is, is very different to, as Gail said, a bricks and mortar business. Um, so, but, uh, I don't think I would spend that thousand dollars. I would, um, I think we would need that in our account. Go and take a million coffee meetings with everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, number six, final question is how do you deal with failure? I'm a typical cancerian. And so I come back to my home and I shut the doors to the world and I don't talk to anyone, um, for a very short period of time. And I think, and I think, and I'm a really deep thinker and I think it all through and then dust myself off. Um, and for me, as I mentioned earlier in this recording is that for me, I, everything is about mindset. And I, I train myself to have that positive mindset. So if I've been told no, if a deal didn't go through or something didn't happen, it's not that I believe in that kind of everything happens for a reason thing. It's, it's not that it's just more that I genuinely believe that with a positive mind, I, I attract more positivity and good things come and happen. So it's, it's almost almost a kidding of yourself in the beginning and then building that up from there that actually better things are coming. Yeah. Great way to approach it. I think I'm quite similar. 
Ladies, where can people find you online? We're on Twitter, hercapital underscore VC and um, LinkedIn, hercapital. And if people want to reach out to you directly, where's the best way to do that? We're Tanya at hercapital.vc and Gail at hercapital.vc. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time for being on Female Startup Club podcast. Thank you for having us. We've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Hey, it's June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash Hype Club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. June here. Thanks for listening to this amazing episode of the Female Startup Club podcast. If you're a fan of the show and want even more of the good stuff, I'd recommend checking out femalestartupclub.com where you can subscribe to our free newsletter. We send it out weekly covering female founder business news, insights and learnings in D2C, and interesting business resources. And if you're a founder building an e-commerce brand, you can join our private network of entrepreneurs called Hype Club at femalestartupclub.com forward slash hype club. We have guests from the show joining us for intimate Ask Me Anythings, expert workshops, and a group of totally amazing, like-minded women building the future of D2C brands. As always, please do subscribe, rate and review the show, and post your favorite episodes to Instagram stories. I am beyond grateful when you do that. (laughs) 